Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's the Pompey Pubcast that combines the beers and the blues. Barros for Pompey. Round Kushak goes down. Penalty to pass with an old jumper. Barros tripped by Thomas Kushak, who sent off Montari do the job. He steps up. Left-footed. Scores for Pompey. They lead it all. Trafford in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Jamalo's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamalo, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Portsmouth Football Club are promoted to League One. Curtis across the face of goal. Marquez! Marquez! He's won it! 96 minutes on the clock. Portsmouth are heading back to Wembley. This is Three Lads. In the pub. Here we go again then. Welcome along to Three Lads in the pub. This week, the week before Christmas, we are in the British Queen once again. We were here a couple of weeks ago. Good to be back here for episode six. We were at the Shepherd's Crook last week, but we are back here at the British Queen this week. As ever, joining me and myself, Liam Howes, Ryan Stilwell, and Jeff Harris, and Dolly Parton apparently as well. Nine to five. How are we doing, Jeff? Yeah, good, thanks. You? Not too bad. All sort for Christmas? I think so. Yeah, I ain't even started. I'll have to ask the wife. She's done everything. <laughs> yeah, right. That's about right. I haven't even started. How about you, Ryan Stilwell? Uh, all I know is I gave Liz my bank card and there's a lot less on it now. So <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, we're done for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I can't get in the mood for it this year. But Christmas... Oh, my God. Beyonce's on now. Uh, right. Halfway through the season, Jeff. We are, yeah, and obviously we haven't got a game to talk about uh, today. That was a bit disappointing. We we were all expecting to be at Wimbledon on on Saturday. And well, we are. I kind of thought I knew it was coming. Well, yeah, um, and and doing some family action before the game. Um, you know, it, it, it was inevitable that we didn't have a game. Yeah, um, disappointing. Obviously, being on a fairly good run as well, and that bit of a. Well, when's the next game now? It's potentially Boxing Day. Yeah, I think I think you know Saturday's game being called off was a mixture of maybe COVID and injuries to the squad, and you get that from being such a small squad and the injuries that we've we've had for the majority of the season. Yeah, 
Ryan, if you were the presenter of Match of the Day, you would have had a, a, a fun day yesterday. Welcome, good evening, goodbye. <laughs> the running order must have been easy to sort out with one game. Uh, first up, we'll have Arsenal leads, followed by Arsenal leads, we'll have Arsenal leads. Have a good evening. Uh, from the games that did go on, Ryan, nothing really uh, significant to, to note, really, was there? I think it was one, two, uh, three, four, five Wigan, games. Wigan beat Oxford 3-2 away from home. They scored a late winner after going 2-0 up. I do recall that Ipswich drew with Sunderland, which halts both teams' progress a little bit, which helps us out. Outside of that, it, it was a fairly standard League One showing of those teams that, that were present. If anything, it helped clear up the table a little bit because in the last international weekend, we played. Uh, that was the game against Wickham that Wickham decided wanted to go ahead <laughs> and then lost. Sorry, that slipped out. Um, so we'd played a game more than most of our opponents around that part of the table whereas quite a few of them caught up on the weekend so we're three points off the playoffs now but we're no longer a, a game ahead of everyone so the table looks fairly balanced now in terms of games played so now we know what the size of the prize is and, and, and that's okay to look at going into New Year as we approach this halfway point going into well into Christmas Jeff 8th in the table at the time of this recording uh, 36 points on the board it's not, not looking too bad. I mean, well, six weeks ago, it was looking horrendous, wasn't it? But we'll it, take that. Yeah, it was. And, you, you know, whether that's been a culmination of our back-to-the-wall performances over the last three or four games, Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley have, have, have pulled it around, especially with the players that they've got available to them. Um, and, we, um, and we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, you know, we need to chip away at those teams above us. Um, so there's been some great results for us in that sense. You know, the top two, I think, are, are, are gone at this stage of the season for Portsmouth. They're not gone for everyone else, though. Um, but for Pompey, I think I think they've gone. So to, for Wigan to beat Oxford is, is a massive advantage for us going into those playoff slots. Yeah. Uh, so going back to what we were talking about at the start, obviously we're halfway through the season now. Did you expect to see us where we are now, Ryan? Eighth in the table? Considering that I have us fin- finishing in the second six of the table, i.e. 7 through 12, this is not a surprise to me. 7 through 12 is either teams that are distinctly average and have nothing going on in their season or those that aren't quite good enough to uh, you know, make the playoffs as it is. For Pompey, we are a side that's trying to figure out whether or not we are completely irrelevant or a side that's going to be not quite among the top six in the end. And... I'm not surprised to see us where we are at the moment. Even when we raced out to three clean sheet victories to start, a fourth clean sheet in the draw with Doncaster, I knew early doors the calibre of opponent we were playing, the summer recruitment and losses they had would mean that they would struggle this season. So when we went out there and, yes, we secured three wins, we got the draw in the fourth game, but knowing what we were up against, I thought, I'm not sure what to make of this. And... I said at the time at the draw of Doncaster, we're about to take on two tough away games, Wigan and MK Dons in a row, two battle-hardened teams that had excellent summer recruitment programs, would be looking to finish in the top six. That will give us an indication as to what we are uh, more than playing Doncaster, Crew and Shrewsbury. Obviously, we went out and lost both of those games without scoring a goal. And that started to, to signalise to me that there is a bit of there's a, there's a lot of back and forth with this team. We're going to have some very high moments, 
the win against Wickham away from home where we, you know, almost last stand stuff in the 95th minute hanging on. The win against Sunderland at Fratton Park. But we're going to have very low moments as well. The Ipswich defeat, the Rotherham defeat, the Cambridge defeat. Over the course of a season, average teams have those high moments and low moments in equal measure. And I think that's where we come out in the end, second six. Let's hope, Jeff, that we can have some more months like November because what we went unbeaten in November, we drew one game, won the rest, didn't we? It was... It was uh, fairly, uh, fairly good to watch. But yeah, before that, it, leading up to that, it was, it was just painful, wasn't it? Yeah, it? It was, and I think we had a bit of a full storm when it came to pre-season. We had some good results in pre-season. You know, the draw against Bristol City, the win against Peterborough, the draw against Luton, and you actually thought, if you'd been to those pre-season games, you actually sat there and thought, do you know what, we could do something this season. Um, and then we just hit the league, and it was this. This is a totally different team to what we saw in in those pre-season games. And couldn't fathom out why. Then we picked up injuries. Um, that Doncaster game, I thought Doncaster were there for the taking. How how we drew nil-nil. And that game for me set alarm bells off. Because I was like, if we can't beat a poor Doncaster side, how, how are we going to fare for the remainder of those, those opening, opening months? But, you know... The Wiccan game, we've talked about it several times. The Wiccan game was the turning point. It, it was the catalyst that made that run go on. And, and yes, you know, when we look back at the end of the season, we could say this season really started against Wickham. Jeff, I'm not laughing at you, by the way, while you're talking. I'm just laughing at Liam Gallagher in the background. Right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we've lost Ryan Stilwell. Ryan's gone off to do some karaoke. Now he's back in the room, Mike. Uh, <laughs> but not, not bad, not bad voice at all. Um, yeah, I think that's somewhat generous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being he, nice. he does a good Elvis. Yeah, not bad, but quite bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh, The Elvis, I remember that on the football hour. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you. I've heard you got a good singing voice, actually, Ryan. I I once did. It was one of the weekends crap we went out up. Impressions, though. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Yeah, we've learned that. Yeah, I, I'm good at John Lennon. Not not so good at Pompey players, it seems. We'll have to get. Uh, we'll have to get him pissed for the final. It was. Um, I think it was one of the weekends <laughs> we were in Blackpool's in the lifeboat, uh, which is a pub near Blackpool's ground, and I did. Uh, I did Twist and Shout and it was in a pub full of Pompey fans it drew quite a lot of praise and then it, it ended up on the football hour uh, not to my that. knowledge at the time yeah I remember that yeah we'll have to we'll have to get him boozy for the last episode of the season <laughs> and see what we can uh, we can do there um, but you know with coming into, into Christmas obviously let's not ignore the fact that the game of course Jeff was cancelled uh, last uh, on the weekend which is gonna... I'm laughing now because the proclaimers are on <laughs> I'm trying to talk over it so he can't hear it um, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get that clip of you singing by the way uh, in a minute we'll, we'll load it onto the system but um, obviously with that game being cancelled looking likely that there's going to be more I mean a fixture build up is not really what we want is it it's not you know but but the good thing is that we're out of some of the cups um and, and, you know, we're all laugh, sat here laughing now. You know, we're laughing at something that's not even going on in the podcast. I didn't realise that Goofy from the Mickey Mouse franchise was singing this song. Yuck, yuck, yuck. We're not taking this out, by the way, so don't even ask. It's staying in there. So, yeah, so, you know, being, being out of the League Cup and the FA Cup is, is probably a godsend now with, with a congested <laughs> league you know, running of Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Yes, we've got the EFL game against Exeter coming up. You know, 
if we go out of that, is it is it you know well, that such even, a big that miss? Even happens. Well, this is it, and you know, but with the game cancelled on Saturday, it does give those players who who are injured a, a, another week to get get back through the door. Definitely. Um, I mean, go, going back to what I just said about that game, go, even going ahead, Ryan. Personally, I know this is this podcast is going out obviously before, just before the game's scheduled to play, but realistically, if there's a COVID outbreak in the squad, do, does everyone have to isolate? How does that work? It's yeah, we're in such an uncertain time at the moment. The more games that are being called off, and games that are being called off on match day, I think. Burnley's last three games have been called off on the day they were meant to play. That them. was a joke, One of them it? was one of them was due to uh, heavy snow and fairness. Not that that stopped Sean Dyche coming out in his shirt and Charles going, "What are we doing here then?" <laughs> 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 the other two, uh, I believe Burnley was supposed to host Watford. Watford fans were already halfway up the country, just to be told go home. There's a COVID outbreak, and then the same happened when I believe it was Saturday where they. They were due to travel down to Villa, uh, to Villa, yeah. And again, called off on game day while fans are travelling. That that in itself is ridiculous. Yeah. So you can you can f- make assurances that games are going ahead, but we're seeing at the minute that games they're calling games off whenever they feel like it. So as for Tuesday's game at Exeter, Boxing Day, Oxford, I don't see how Saturday against Wimbledon is off, but Tuesday against Exeter is on, especially among the reports that. Pompey is affected by a COVID outbreak. I, I don't see how that works. Yeah, we're hearing rumours. This is not nothing confirmed. I don't think anything's been put out publicly, but there's at least six, between six and eight positive um, cases. And look, I, I don't want to, I don't really want to draw too much attention to this, but there was a picture spiralling uh, on social media of, uh, I'm not going to mention any names of players, but players going to Winter Wonderland. Uh, dressed as traffic cones, Jeff. Kind of feel that's probably where that's been picked up it, from. It, it probably I'm is, not, not, look, I'm not. You know, they're allowed to go out. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen some people post on social media saying they shouldn't have gone out. You know, it's, it's not the fans' fault. This is off. They're unvaccinated, and I was like, I even co- replied back to one post and went, but even if they're vaccinated, they would either still pass it on or still be positive. It just means that they don't have the effects of, yeah. you know. Uh, potentially a full-blown you know uh reaction to it so so some of the um uproar directed towards the towards the players i just think it's I, I think it's daft that yes we all uh, we all pay our money to go watch and we should say what we no footballers are humans like the rest of us yeah. they go to work as i said during the the trophy final when we Putting a honking performance against Salford. If never mind all the romanticisms about playing for the crest on your shirt, you're contracted to do a job like every other person is. And as a person, at some point you clock out of work and you're allowed you're allowed to have your own life. Whether or not that's in a pandemic or not, they didn't break any rules. They didn't do anything illegal. They are allowed to go out outside of work hours and do what they want. Whether or not they were irresponsible, we have no idea. So we're not going to say they were irresponsible. All we know is they went out. But we've all gone out. We're here in a pub right now doing yeah, this no. podcast. No, no, no one's yeah. calling us irresponsible. So I, wow. I don't think it's... I don't not think until it's, two days yeah, later. Not until, yeah, <laughs> not until we're all wheezing on the next podcast. But I don't think it's fair to call the players irresponsible and saying it's, right. it's their fault. You know, They are, at the end of the day... After work, as soon as they step off the pitch, whether it be the training pitch or the, you know, the pitch that's got four stands around it, they're people. They do their own thing. 
Just for clarity, I'm not moaning that they went out. I just thought it was quite. I know, but some people have been. Some people have been moaning about it. I know. You can't expect them to live. <laughs> what, what do they you can't expect to them to live in a bubble and just show up to well, work yeah, all the time. Just go go into train or play a match on a Saturday. Go home and stay indoors all the time. The thing is that you, you want players to. Some people want players to live in a bubble and and only go to work. But Danny Cowley's praised for doing the opposite. He's praised for going out to you know local pitches on a Sunday morning and watching kids playing being, being part of the community and getting involved in other things so on the one hand you're praising someone for getting involved with the local community going out and doing his own thing then you're criticizing the the group of people that work under him for going out and doing their own thing it you've got to have a bit more flexibility than that it's unfortunate the game was supposed to be off i was really looking forward to my first away game back with everyone especially Wimbledon it's a good day on the train so I normally drive everywhere it's a rarity I get to go on the train and have a few drinks but it is what it is we just have to we have to accept the nature of it and move on blaming people without just cause or evidence is is baseless can I just while we're here can I just um, publicly thank a guy called Lee who sorted me out a ticket for the game um, he actually listens to the podcast and heard me talking about not being able to go with my family and stuff and actually sorted me a ticket out um, which is unfortunate it's being postponed now but cheers Lee appreciate that uh, means a lot a lot of people have been doing stuff like that for us which is great we've had some more uh, we've had some more fans boys uh, and I was at the Astoria the other night and another guy's talking to me about the podcast and how much he loves it that's, that's two fans we've got now so it's going well it's bizarre isn't it, it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely bizarre that, yeah I was at, unfortunately I was at a funeral on Friday and, and a guy at the bar started speaking to me and went, oh, you, 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 did, you did a podcast. And it was just a totally random thing. You know, you, you, you stood there in the wake, you know, remembering someone's life and end up talking about a podcast. Well, I always thought the absolute shaggers of the world were people who got their phones out in nightclubs to put girls' phone numbers in them. But the true shaggers of the world are people who are in nightclubs getting free lads in the pub out on their phone. That... <laughs> That's some elite male stuff. Sorry right that, there. or they got no chance of getting a girl's phone. <laughs> <laughs> there goes our listener by, by five hundred. By the way, if we do unfortunately contract COVID or anything like that, any of us, um, someone's come up with a good name for us it's called Three Lads in a Bubble. Ah, oh, um, very so nice. We'll use that one if need be, but hopefully we don't. I uh, did a little test before I came down because I have a bit of a cough, boy. So don't worry, I'm fine. We're looking at me like they're shitting themselves now. Look, oh look, <laughs> no, well, I remember you around the time we played Sunderland, and you can <clears> barely <throat> speak. Oh, mate, sorry, my life. Uh, no, I can speak. You know that. Um, right, should we uh, move on? To, uh, do you know what? we're early on in the pot in this episode, but we just want we want to get this out of the way because this is absolutely golden. We'll come to dinner of the week in oh. a minute, which we all know is who that is because he's just um, made a bit of a noise there. But dub of the week, who's going? Uh, who's going to get dub of the week? This dub week? of the week goes to Danny Cowley and for a particular story concerning. Uh, Ian Chiverton and Abby Chiverton a couple of Pompey fans who are somewhat popular around the club Ian is very much champion of the women's team and Abby's uh, his young daughter who plays a lot of football she's developing quite well she's recently been with Fulham she's now back in the area and I I can't recollect the entire story but essentially I believe Ian was in uh, hospitality plus commentary for the Pompey scum game midweek and Danny Cowley walked into the bar or wherever they were for hospitality and essentially spotted Abby out of the crowd and he's only met her twice uh, as Ian's story goes 
and says, oh, I recall you. I watch your, you know, YouTube training videos, and I've seen you. I've seen a lot to do with you around the, the club and everything you do. And he spoke to her for quite a while. And this is what I refer back to earlier. Danny Cowley going out of his own way to be involved with the community, to be involved with the Pompey fans, taking an active interest in, in everything they do. And the fact that in a, you know, in a room filled with multiple people, he's, he's picked out this one that's going to say, oh, I know you, I know what you do. Uh, and he actually sort of, takes an active role in that and you know abby was absolutely over the moon with it and quite rightly so so double the week goes to danny cowley for being uh, regardless of whatever you think of him as a manager because people have had contrasting opinions of him today just for being a, a very wholesome human being and i've referenced it before on this podcast i've referenced it before on express i don't know what that is when he first joined lincoln him him and Nicky Cowley is my favourite sort of Danny anecdote. When he first drove into Lincoln, he went past a group of kids playing for a local team training. And he went, we saw some of these kids in Man United shirts and Liverpool shirts. And their first thought was, how do we get those kids not in Man United and Liverpool shirts, but in Lincoln shirts? How do we get the local young community, the next generation, invested in their local club again? And I think that's a person who is more than just a manager of you know 18 professional blokes he's he's more invested in the community in itself i think this story with abby now is is proving credence to that that's not just something that you do for pr because it was ian who reported that story and again danny's picked her out of a crowd so yeah double the week goes to danny for just being a wholesome human being who who gets involved with this community you gotta you gotta admire that jeff you know that's the sort of manager we've wanted for a long time no disrespect to any former managers but Someone that gets the club, gets what the fans want. I love that. And and you know his people skills are second to none. You know he may. I've said before. I've, I've had several times. I've managed to chat to Danny, and when he's when he's addressing a group, although he's addressing multiple people, he makes you feel like he's he's addressing you personally rather than the thirty odd other people that are in the room. And that that's something special. You know, not everyone has that. Definitely. Um, dinner now, of the speaking week. Speaking of things that not everyone has. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan, where have you parked your car, by the way? I, I have parked somewhere in Portsmouth. Do you know where it is? I believe I know where it How is. How about you, yes. Jeff? Do you know where your car is tonight? Yeah, I know where my car is. How about tonight? last week? Did you know where your car was week, last week? Yeah, yeah, I knew where it was. I just walked down the wrong road. And what happened, Jeff? Tell us. Tell us the story. So, you know, I was chatting to Ryan, as, as you do, and Ryan walks down one road, and I'm walking down the other, and I said, I'll see you later, mate. See you at the game Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you at such and such pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I get the car keys out, and I'm, I'm pressing, the, you know, the fob. Nothing. I've walked up and down. I remember parking outside number 10, and number 10 had a black door. So I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely outside number 10. Boris wasn't there, was he? You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, was he having a party? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of music going on. Um, Cheese and wine. You know, and I've walked up and down oh, the road. All the regulations follow. <laughs> walked up and down the road five times, and I was like, my car's gone. <coughs> you know, it should have given it a, 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 a big giveaway that there's a Ford Transit parked in the space that I was. So I ring the police, <laughs> and, and I, I, you know, they were like, yeah, this isn't an emergency. You need to ring uh, blah, blah, blah. What road are you on? And it was at that point I looked up and saw I was still on Ruskin Road and not Fogmore Road. So I made my uh, 
you know, excuses and apologised profusely to the operator. Uh, walked around the corner and there was my car with its four ways blinking on and off every time I was pressing the, pressing the, uh, the, the key fob. And stupidly, I told you to, and within minutes, not even minutes, nanoseconds, Liam puts it on social media. Yeah, it was too good not to share. <laughs> I, I think that, obviously, when we come to the end of season podcast, we will have to do a dub of the season and dinner of the season. I think oh, that's oh, an early know, contender. That, that's, that's not going to be beat. Is it so uh, for an early for a dub of the week contender? Yeah, uh, uh, for a dinner of the week contender. Sorry, I have to put this in. Portsmouth Football Club <laughs> is a contender for dinner of the week. For two games were played against Southampton this week. The first was in the I believe, yeah, two games played against Southampton. The first was at the Draper, uh, Draper Tool Stadium in Haven. The second was at Fratton Park. Now, obviously. Women's football doesn't attract as large a crowd. Therefore, you can save a bit of money by uh, not opening some of the stands for that night. I understand that. However, Ports of Southampton at Fratton Park, the one thing you do not do is put the scummers in the Fratton end. (laughs) And Pompey put the scummers in the Fratton end. Now, Southampton, sorry, scummers, unfortunately (laughs) won that game late on. And late on, it was beyond the 80th minute when they got there their only goal of the game. And there were scummers in the Fratton end celebrating. Portsmouth, blessed bloody football club. What on earth were you thinking letting them do that? That is horrific. I don't care if it's women football and you don't need segregation. What? You don't let them in the Fratton end. How that is the there? golden rule of this temple upon which this island is based. <laughs> <laughs> How many were there? Does anyone know? I, th- I don't think there was uh, that 1, many. 1,000 no, like something. Oh, uh, like 20. I mean, you could argue, I'm not trying to defend them, but you, they could argue, you know, they can't open up another stand for... But then they, they, you, but you open the South Stand in a way anyway for yeah, that's true. the corporate and the press box. Sit up with it Jake. has to be open I'm in saying, some aspect. I'm saying, here wondering, how was that not beating my dinner no, of the week? Jeff, no, <laughs> Jeff, no, no way. Yeah, we I'm, may have lost the game, <laughs> but you lost your car. <laughs> Danny Cowley may be at the wheel. You certainly were not. <laughs> Fair play. So, as Fair much play. as that is that um, definitely uh, a contender, uh, dinner of the week goes to our very own Jeff Harris. That means we've all won dinner of the we've week. We've all won dinner of the week. Hooray. Which I feel is appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yours is the worst, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Jeff, yeah, well done, mate. You're going into Christmas with that award of dinner of the week. And congratulations, Danny Cowley, for dub of the week as well. Right, okay. Um, I've done it again. I've done it the other week. I completely forgot to mention the most important part of this podcast we call three lads in the pub because you know we're, we're in a pub every week and we didn't tell everyone what we were drinking Jeff's looking for my drink Jeff I turned up late so I'm I'm, um, I'm eyeing up um, that's because he lost his car and parked at the wrong pub <laughs> I couldn't bloody park anyway I'm in Portsmouth I'm actually eyeing up Ryan's Mrs. Gin at the moment which is a good sh- is that gin? I'm glad you said gin at the end there <laughs> <laughs> I might cut that bit out let's <laughs> <laughs> run up this, uh, Ryan's Mrs. Uh, there's yeah, a couple of a uh, couple of glasses of gin there uh, you've gone for is that is that what have you that got? is a pint of tiger yeah uh, uh, I don't drink lager often but I do have a fondness for East Asian yeah. lager such as Cobra Kingfisher Tiger a little bit of an audience this evening uh, Harry's gone for tiger but you and you of course as well have gone for a tiger beer uh, Jeff I'm not going to um, question what you've got I'm just going to look on Twitter because you posted Henry, yeah Henry Deacon know, what's it all about he's not Hen- coming for you it's not just Hen- it's not, not just about Hen- Henners not just Henry mate uh, you have got to be fair the ben. bar is round next door <laughs> and I just walked in I knew they'd on Amstel so I just went I'll have an Amstel rather than I was annoyed because as I walked in I got whammed 
no. <laughs> That's why I was annoyed. So I didn't want to stay any longer in the barn than what I had to. Do you not like Wham? That's madness. I'd lasted until today. Nice pun. <laughs> oh, <for laughs> sake. We got it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I've actually had people come up to me in the, at parties over the last couple of weeks. Ask, they've asked me, why are you playing Christmas music? I'm like, are you completely stupid? We're in December and you're at a Christmas party and you're wearing a Christmas jumper. I don't understand. I love a bit of Wham. And we've also got Santa here as well. We do. We'll, we'll try and get an appearance for him at the end uh, if we can. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't got anything yet. So I, I, yeah, schoolboy error. I'll grab something here in a second if I can. Uh, but yeah, good choices. Uh, Ryan, you're very... very um, uh, what's the word when it comes to choosing beers? You always eclectic. There you go. I knew you'd help me out there. Um, yeah, I think so far I've gone for fruity cider, Guinness, pale ale, Doom Bar, lager. I like to. If we vary pubs each week, I shall vary my drink. I said at the start of the podcast that I was going to be um, ex- experimental with with alcohol because I'm not really a drinker. All I've gone for so far is a mixed fruit cider and a diet coke. Uh, or a nothing in this or case. Or a nothing. Uh, so that's going well. Uh, right, going back to the, obviously, we're halfway through the season, lads. Um, big January ahead, Jeff. I mean, how long now till the transfer windows open? Uh, this was recorded on Sunday the 19th. Well, not long to go at all until the window opens. Um, some rumours flying around about players that we're potentially signing. We were talking about Guinness Walker last week. That's now been... Um, shrubbed off it's not happening apparently which is kind of obvious wasn't it as soon as it gets reported yeah. it's not happening which is um, a shame it is you were, you were it might still happen there might be mind games you never yeah. know but you never know but obviously another week goes by where are you where are you looking well I saw earlier today that um, Pompey rumoured in Will Boyle from Cheltenham I think that would be a really good signing at centre half um, you know he's a good age he's 26 he's been in the league he's done it in league 2 um, obviously he came from Huddersfield I'm not sure I, I think he was there when the Cowardies were there so they, they would know of him um, or they would certainly be aware of him I think 2017 he left there um, so yeah he, he would be a a good signing but you you would think that Downing and also Coleman would probably leave in January permanently um, we know he's on the season long low Oh. Coleman. Not Coleman. Are you thinking Freeman. Of di- he's thinking of his dinner. He's got, have you got mustard he's on your dinner? He's out alone at Fleetwood. Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> Bloody hell's Coleman. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking of Callum think Johnson Jeff's, and I'm thinking Coleman. He's just given us an, he's just given us an exclusive. Apparently we've got a player called Coleman. <laughs> I looked at you and you're like, what's he on about? Jeff. I don't even know what I'm on you about. You lost your car and now you're making up fake players. Are you right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I banged my head earlier. <laughs> Must have banged my head. So yeah, so I was going to say Coleman again then. Johnson, I think he will, he will go permanently in January. Um, and, and also down in, you know, if you're going to bring a defender in, one or two have definitely got to go out the door. Yeah. Uh, with regards, I mean, there's a, it's, it's come to light in the last week as well, Ryan, that Cowley has said, I mean, even, maybe even Cullen said this, that they want two permanent signings and then potentially three loans. So you'd admit that would mean probably two going back. But that's positive that there is a bit of money to spend, Ryan. We've just got to spend it wisely. There is, and that's been something that's cited in the past, is we've had the money to spend, i.e. when we sold Jamal Lowe, when we sold Matt Clark, there was money to reinvest in the squad, which you can't... 
you can't criticise the higher echelons of the club for doing. They did reinvest the money in the playing squad. The question is whether they invested it wisely because we spent a grand total of £1.5 million on Ellis Harrison and John Marquis. Now, at this stage of their respective Pompey careers, that seems like a that seems like a poor investment in terms of the return you've got. So, not only is it money in itself isn't enough; it's money that's invested wisely, and it's money that you get a return on. That's something that's still very much up for debate at this club. The fact that some of the loanies may be going back, which has been referred to by management on several occasions, some of those that we quite clearly tried to get rid of in summer it's a very pivotal window for us because clearly what didn't happen in the summer with these the collapse of the departure of Harrison the collapse of Jacob's departure that's a lot of the wage bill you get some fees in return it would have allowed us to have a bit more flexibility in what Danny Cowley claimed was a very limited budget fit for him to go out and sign I think it was 14 15 <coughs> players we signed in the end and that reinvestment back into the squad it it is unbelievably important. And the way I'll contextualise this is, I know some people have probably listened to me earlier going, well, we opened up with three wins and we got a clean sheet in the fourth game, but I didn't think we were that good. I know some people think I'm negative about that. The reason why I was cautious following those games is you look at what... I'll pick two names. Doncaster and Crew were last season and what they are now. They prop up the two places at the bottom of the table. Now, if you look at what Doncaster and Crew were last season, Reese James, Brad Halliday with their fullback pairing, for me, among among the better fullback pairings in the division last season, it's something I refer to a lot. I think a good wingback fullback pairing is, is incredibly important to your team because those two can be players that traverse all three-thirds of the pitch so you can be involved in all phases of play if you have a solid pairing that starts most of your games there's no limit to really what you can do and how you can influence each sector of the game Doncaster had Reese James for my money the best left back in league one last year he's now at Blackpool in the championship they got promoted last season in the playoffs and they're making a good season of it in league one now with that structured 4-4-2 under Critchley the other one was Brad Halliday not a spectacular going forward but a really solid right back defensively he went to Fleetwood in the summer snapped his ACL two games in which is why Coleman went there <laughs> uh, which is why Callum Johnson went there on I loan we had him <laughs> <laughs> and you know James Coppinger retired Josh Sims uh, Josh Sims left a lot of good money and a lot of wage budget opened up in that squad with the departure of those but they haven't been able to invest in it at all amid some you know uncomfortable rumors at the club as you said earlier jeff you felt like we should have done more in that game yes we should have three of the guys that started that doncaster came were academy products they can't even fill out their team even when they did get injuries uh returning for jiri okanabiri and the like kyle vassell i believe uh i believe omar bogle is also there he might still be there yeah i think they're trying to get him out the door aren't yeah they? so you know, those they've just not been able to get it going at all. And the departure of those key players, certainly at fullback, is is the reason why they were mid-table last year. They're 23rd now. And Crewe and themselves, oh, the, the dramatic turn they've had. Coming out of League 2, following promotion, they had, I believe it was the youngest squad in the division at 24. Now, to get promoted from a league with an average squad age of 24 is amazing. The best fullback pairing in the league for me. Per, uh, Perry Ung, Harry Pickering. 
The fact they're both in the championship now at their relative young ages. Perry Young went to Cardiff, Harry Pickering went to Blackburn, and they're starting games. It says absolutely everything it needs to. Those boot and you've seen what crew are like. They like to play out from the back uh, under David Artell. When you've got fullbacks that are comfortable on the ball, especially under pressure at the back, it gives you so much more flexibility in the way you play. The fact that they've both gone. Ryan Wintle, the central defensive midfielder of that 4-3-3, he's gone. Charlie Kirk went to Rotherham. The fact that that entire side has been ripped out of its best assets and they've not been able to replace it with any quality. Kane Ramsey is now the right back. He is absolutely nowhere near Perry Young's level. And that's why crew bottom. That's where... Those summer reinvestments are absolutely crucial to a club. It's not just the money you have. It's doing it wisely. It's getting players in that match experience and quality. You look at what we did in the summer. We've gone out and got experience in this. Yes, there are doubts over Sean Williams, but he's got several hundred championship games under his belt. Ryan Tunnicliffe has also. We wait for his return from injury. Connor Ogilvy is a vastly experienced League One defender, and now we're seeing that he's you know, getting back into his feet again. He is now a vital partner for Sean Raggett. Joe Morrell's played a lot of championships. He's played in the Euros uh, this year as well. And he's now essentially, for my opinion, the driving force, the heartbeat of this team in midfield. Reinvesting the money you have into the team and doing it wisely is the most important aspect of it. And that's why I was a bit uncomfortable at the start of the season because I saw what these teams were able to put out as starting 11s. And I thought... Yes, we're, we're scraping wins, we're getting clean sheets, but we're doing it against teams that have been absolutely asset-stripped in the summer and have nothing. I, the moment I, we play good teams, we'll be in trouble. And we were for quite a while. The good thing is now, we're starting to find what this team is about. It took a long time to get it going, but we're starting to see what we're building it upon. But that's why, after those f- first few games, even though we won three and drew one, I was a bit... Uh, I'm not sure... Yeah, you know, I remember putting on on Twitter about the Doncaster game. Said we should be be beating these easily. They're not the team they were, so on and so forth. And I remember I got one or two comments back saying you don't know what you want about this, that, and the other. You, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. You know, those teams, as you said, they're they're down the bottom for a reason, and and they've been they've been stripped out of their best players through retirement, leaving, or or, or so on and so forth. But you know, yes, we missed a penalty in that Doncaster game, but for me, we should have been two, maybe three up in that game, and it, and that's where that's where for me, I started getting worries about our forward line and our attacking potency. Yes, we were solid at the back, and our midfield was okay; it was ticking over. You know, Joe Morrell wasn't really in the side steadily. Then he was in and out. He wasn't. He was being rested, or he had one or two niggles from from the summer. You know, but you've got to be putting those teams to the sword. They're the teams that that are going to propel you into the top six, and if not, you know, the top two. You know, you look at that Wigan game. We lost one nil, and I remember saying, I don't think Wigan played particularly well. I thought we made them look good through our basic mistakes. You know, giving the ball away in the final third, just being not being cute enough in those attacking phases. Um, so. You look at you look at the beginning of the season, and, and it, yes, there was a gelling period. But how long have we how long have we had that same problem up front? Yes, we persisted with John Marquis up front, and, and you know, um, at the time, I think it was the right decision because he he closed down, he pressed, he he defended from the front, and it, and therefore, 
if he's not scoring, you expect the other three to, behind him to score, but they weren't scoring either. So it, it was it was the the attacking quartet were were all to blame. And yes, he got the lion's share of the stick. Um, he's now obviously out the side, and George Hurst has come in. And we said the other week they give you they give you two different attributes whilst whilst playing. And you know, I was critical of George Hurst. I'll admit that, but he's won me over. He, he, do I think he's he's the one who's going to get us into that top six third slot? I don't think he is. But would I want him in the team? I think so. That's, the, if, he, that's if he stays. Yeah, that's if he stays. Because, and, oh, I mean, sorry. So on, logically, man. that would make sense for him to go. But I know he's not. He's not exactly set the world alight, is he? You know, he's he's on a lot of money. From what I've heard, he's you know we're paying a big chunk of his twelve grand a week. He's on. I mean, that's silly money, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I mean, if you can replace him with someone with a, if you have to, you have to replace what's better, don't you? If there's someone out there that scores, that's you know is in good form, scoring goals, get him in. And that's the thing. If you can't offload Harrison and Marquise, you're gonna have to offload Ahadmi and Hurst. Yeah, I think Ahadmi is pretty much the other. The other element is. Hurst has the same problem Marquis has. Hard worker, can bring can bring the ball in, can can drive into the channels and pick up the ball. Finding the net's an issue though. Yeah. For me, the glaring the glaring example of that was the uh, the Sheffield Wednesday game. Now that doesn't make him a a bad player because he can't find the net. But ultimately, as your main priority as a forward, it's a severe hindrance on your game and your team's game if the top end of your attacking quartet cannot find the back of the net because realistically I think between Hurst Harrison and Marquis they've got five goals whereas Curtis Hackett and and Harness have essentially tripled that number now if you're relying on the players behind you to get those (coughs) goals if that takes you as far as it can get you it you know it not the end of the world but again Harness is making up most of that uh, 14 or 15 goal mark that our attacking three have when we were 43 one up. Now that we're playing w- with that 3 4 one, two, he's sitting in behind the front two. But Harness is having his purple season for us. This is by far his best season, A, in terms of what you can see with the naked eye, and B, statistically, he is carrying the top end of this team. In every defensive metric, even though we've had injuries, we've had to rejig the formations a couple of times, the approaches... In every metric, we're a top six side defensively. In scoring, in generating chances, in shots on targets, we are as average as it gets in League One. And that's the reason. And what's between the top six and mid-table, exactly where we are in the table right now, our, our front end is bringing us down as a unit. And that's really frustrating because if you think of the injuries we have had defensively and the rejects we had to do after two wins in 15 the fact is we're still one of the best defensive teams in the division we've still got players who are you know making a statement the the Wiccan win I'll go back to that was some proper throw anything the hell you've got in front of any Wickham shot to hang on to those three points that's a show of determination that that wasn't present say in the Rotherham and Ipswich defeats and that I like. I'll say again. The Ipswich, the Ipswich defeat. I'm happy it happened. When you lose narrowly, when you lose one nil, and don't play well, you can hide. You can you can hide behind cliches. Yeah, you can hide behind margins. Yeah, yeah. You can trot out all the cliches, can't you, Jeff? We <laughs> yeah. we can all ring them off now, can't we? And we're doing that after the MK game. Well, we've had a team meeting. We've had team bonding. You know, we we're not what we're about now. 
you're still not playing well and you're still losing by one or two goals in the pale moonlight of getting your ass handed to you 4-0 and 4-1 in respective games there's no hiding anymore there are no words that cover that you either stand up and be accounted for or you fade into the ether now credit to this Pompey side because we've been critical of it in the past but you have to credit them for actually standing up and going right the talking time is over because we're now getting pumped in our own house by a team that's also going through some tough times and they did that perfectly if you i've said before if you break the season down into thirds 46 games that that closest you know divisible number is 15 the first 15 games we had nothing as an identity we changed systems several times we changed formation several times changed approach several times i believe the 15th game of the season was the one nil win over bolton so that was the first game of the, the unbeaten run we're on now before that this pompey team looked shipwrecked lost at sea many performances where you don't know what's going on the second 15 and i i remember saying after the accrington game which was the 14th game of the season in the second 15 i don't care i don't care if you're good at football i don't care if you don't go on a renaissance-esque climb up the table but in the second 15 in danny cowley's first full season all i want to see from this team is to see something you're actually going to be about. If anything else, if everything else fails, if you've got injuries, if you're not playing well, no matter what happens to your team, what are you going to build yourself upon? In the in the what we 22 games played, in the seven games that followed that, you're now starting to see it. We are one of the most <clears throat> ferocious pressing sides in football, not just League One. We're more direct with the football now. We, we traverse the thirds a lot quicker than we used to. We're all about pace now, not in terms of players, you know, moving at full pace, because I don't think we're a particularly fast team overall. You've got like some Marlon who can get up and down those flanks and Rico, but... And Coleman. <laughs> and Coleman. <laughs> but I don't think man-to-man we're, we're one of the quicker teams in the division. But the speed at which we move the ball and the directness of it has helped us out in recent weeks. And the fact that we can unsettle teams in their own third to force errors and give the ball away is again proved by the fact that we are one of the more ferocious pressing well, we, sides we've in got football. the best stat haven't we exactly we've got the best stat but we're just not finding the back of the net we me. are still flawed and we are still not a top six side at the moment but in this second third of the season which we're now halfway through i'm starting to see what this team is about even when we don't play particularly well I Morecambe. I don't think we were great against Morecambe. We were be- we were better against Sheffield Wednesday, but against Morecambe, at least we saw what this side was about. You, you go back to that goal. How quickly we moved the ball up the field from winning it back. Aziz drops it three yards right to Curtis. Curtis's first thought is to look up, not run with it, but to look up and spot Hurst. Moving the ball quicker, forcing the errors. Even if you don't play well now, we're seeing what this team is looking to be built upon and that's okay for me i i i i gather that people think i may not be a patient person i'm a very patient person because i I was one of the first people to say this is uh, a an unfortunate you know speech marks transition season i i don't think we have the the meta the uh, the metal the matter and the material and the muster to go up this season but i'm okay with that because i know what can happen next summer under Cowley and the money he's got to play with. Yeah. All I want to know, all I want to see is a foundation. What is going to be the bedrock of our promotion assault when we do actually launch it? And we're starting, we're we're nowhere near all the way there, but we're starting to see that. And I'm going to go back to some re-reference, I think it was episode episode two, maybe three, I'm not sure. 
where we talked about Danny Cowley quoting about Matt Reed and how they got Matt Reed playing at Lincoln and we said there's no harm in changing your system and coming out saying do you know what that never worked we're going to try it this way and tinkering I think he now knows what those players are capable of and he has tinkered it and I think subconsciously he was he, he mentioned that you know he mentioned Matt Reed four or five times in various articles over the course of a week and subconsciously that was Danny Cowley saying we're going to change okay, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he was he was putting it out there. He was telling us he was going to change it and tinker it and go to something that he's trialed and, tr- you know, he's trialed and trusted without actually coming out and saying, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, lads, before we uh, before we wrap up a shorter uh, podcast this week, obviously no game to talk about. And quite frankly, I need to go and do my Christmas shopping. Uh, it's Jeff, tricky. It is. Um, well, what could you get from a petrol station at 10 p.m.? Flowers. Castrol <laughs> GTX. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all right, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll do this again at the end of the season, but it's only fitting as this is like the half-season review. Who is your player of the half-season, Jeff? Can player I st- of the half-season, I would say either Marlon Romeo. It's between three, Bazunu and Joe Morel. Well, I'm going to go completely different. I'm throwing Sean Raggett in there because I just, I just feel he's been... I can't say I haven't, I haven't seen a bad performance from him all season. For me, he's, he's my player. He has been on fire, but that's, that's the thing. It's, it's, you can argue Conor Ogilvie's out of is is up there, you know, and and when you sit down and think about it, and you look at each, you go through the players, you know, one through to whatever you go. Well, they've all had pretty good seasons apart from so the striking pick, department. Pick one name out of the three you said, and we'll do a poll. We'll put all three of our choices I'll on there. I'll go for Pizzunu. Pizzunu. I'm going Raggett. Uh, how about you, Mr. Stilwell? I think if we're talking about top-end issues and scoring issues, then on the flip side of that coin, you you have to involve the man that's dragging us, kicking and screaming <laughs> in terms of the scoring charts and Marcus Harness. <laughs> I've already written it's, that down before it, you said it. I know some people still have an issue of Harness, but as I said a few weeks ago, I still think... He has a higher ceiling than what we've currently seen. There are several players I think they're as good as they're ever going to be. With Harness, I think there's more. We're starting to see the more now. And in a side that has scoring issues, he's the only one who is consistently delivering. Weirdly enough, goals matter in football. That's the name of the game right there, scoring goals. He has to be in the discussion because he is the only semi-consistent scorer. I think, I think he'll get an island cap before the end of the season. I personally say it's Raggett. I want consistency in my players. Raggett is the most consistent player we have. I, but if we need a third choice, you need to pick the only guy that's scoring. Yeah, so we've put, we're going to put Bazunu, Raggett and Harness that are choices. How about in the, uh, the rest of the room? Isla? Oh, no, she's uh, Isla is my infant daughter, for those who are unaware. She's, um, uh, she's just chewing her hand. She's currently just munching on her nom, thumb. Nom, 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 that looks tasty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about Harry in the uh, in the crowd? Like, what are you going for uh, for player of the season? Agree with Ryan. Marcus Harness has dragged us. One sec. Do that again. Can you need to turn the mic around, mate? Because I can't oh, yeah, hear him. Agree with Ryan. Marcus Harness has dragged us pretty much kicking and screaming towards looking at the outside of the playoffs. I think with, you take away, what was it, 10 goals so far this season he's got? We don't have a goal scorer. Yeah. No other player has come anywhere near double figures yet. So you go Marcus Harness, Harry? Has yeah? to be. Yeah. There we go. Um, has any got... Uh, more than double the goals of the next goal scorer in the side. I'm pretty sure Marcus is on four. He's on, yeah. I think Curtis is Harness around on that nine. mark. Harness, yeah. I'll get, I can tell you now, Harness on mm. nine, 
Scroll right down. Marcus on four, yeah. yeah. So he's got more than double the goals of the Curtis next competitor. On three. So that's <laughs> that's why it's got to be in the conversation. <laughs> Who's next in the picking order? Lee, Lee Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, he was goal score, highest goal scorer of the season. He was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leaf from football getting it done. But I mean, you laugh, but that's quite concerning at that point, wasn't it? Like, that our, and that's our... what we said. You know, that Doncaster <laughs> Two of those goals came in August. <laughs> that, that Doncaster game was where I started worrying about the, the forward line. Yeah. You do worry too much, Jeff. You worry about your car and players that we, got, <laughs> players that oh, we don't have. And <laughs> that's the way it is. So we're going to put that up. We'll put that up on uh, on our Twitter feed and we'll, and we'll announce the winner of that. I mean, it'll be after Christmas now, won't it? Because I'm not meeting you after Christmas, boys. Sorry. Are we? No, are we back? At, what are we doing the next one? I don't even know. We're doing a midweek one. We're doing that Thursday the 30th. We are. just going to write down my diary so I don't forget. Right, no, I'll be there. It's fine. Um, so, yeah. Um, Thank co- you for gracing us with your presence on that one. No worries. Uh, I mean, you'd be a bit screwed if I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, what are you gonna, how are you going to record it? On your phone? I'm literally on my phone. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no real... We'll, we'll get the beer in and forget to get the podcast sorted. As you can imagine, lads, not much, uh, obviously, interaction because there's not really much to talk about after nothing happened. Um, so, but thank you as ever to everyone that's listened this week. Another uh, positive... Um, take on the old uh, yeah on the old last podcast we had just over a thousand streams on that one again so we're well over 8,000 streams overall now uh, so looking good but uh, looking forward to uh, to carrying on after Christmas lads are we um, what, what are we saying at Boxing Day do you think it's going ahead Ryan? I hope so I don't want to get into a situation where we start piling up Tuesday games in February the problem is you can't really get involved with delaying the season again like we did last season it, <laughs> I mean that was supposed to happen <laughs> Oh god what have I done? Liam what have you done <laughs> Dancing South Father Christmas in the pub oh, But yeah Obviously the championship and the Premier League They delayed the end of the season last season Through the uh, Or the season before I should say through Covid You can't get involved with doing that again Because next season has had to be brought forward a while because you've got the World Cup being played in winter yeah. so we've already got a backlog of games that we need to get through in quick succession with the World Cup we can't afford to delay the season so postponed games will have to be played on a Tuesday night in February and March we can't afford with the squad depth we have currently we can't afford to get involved with that so I'm desperately hoping games like Oxford Plymouth Exeter are all on because we need to get through as many games as possible well fingers crossed lads but um just want to say, look, we've, uh, we're halfway through the season, and this is what episode six now. It's been a it's been a pleasure, Johnny. I'm not leaving, by the way. Just wanted to, uh, yeah, congratulate you both. It's been brilliant. So uh, well done. Yeah, it's been fun, yeah. And have a great Christmas, and uh, yeah, carry on drinking uh, better beers than Amstel, Jeff. I'd say. <laughs> Says the man who's drunk a diet coke, a what was it, strawberry? And you couldn't say pomegranate. <laughs> and doesn't have one. We're- do you know what I'm going for on the next one? A fruit shoe, just to make you... Uh, <laughs> uh, but lads, thank you very much as ever. Merry Christmas to you all, and we'll see you in episode seven. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. 
So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.